Cloudy skies, 59 degrees in Kalamazoo at WKZO. A good Saturday morning and welcome to Over the Garden Fence, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden Center, right there at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. Of course, comments and questions, 382-4280-1877-382-4280, or you could text that comment or question to 80373. Joining us via this phone this morning, your host, Andy Waddell. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Uh, doing good. I know, you know, some, you know, there are things that pop up from time to time, and we appreciate you. Uh, you know, you couldn't make it into the studio this morning, but uh, thank you very much for doing it the old fashioned way, I suppose <laughs> we could say it by uh, via phone. So, but of course, uh, folks still have comments or questions. They can still call into 382 you bet, you bet. We'd love to hear from everybody. So, no, no, no. We uh, we thank you for listening in, and uh, we'll explain in a second. But uh, we love to take calls or text if you're uh, just be careful when you're driving. So sure. sometimes those texts can get another question going, and arises another question from somebody else. So Absolutely. we love to have your comments. So can we? Um, Tim, I'm looking at my fingernails. Can we dig right in and get some dirt going at least for starters? Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to another great edition of Over the Garden Fence and a great morning to be outside. Today we are doing our show um, from our home due just to a, a family member testing positive with COVID-19. And uh, as I'm so itchy to get back to work, um, coming in contact under six feet with a meeting in our office. So just to be keeping safe and getting tested um, and pending the results on to be on the safe side, as well as all our landscape team at the same time. So like I said, um, uh, we didn't feel like the employee felt different, Tim. Nobody was, um, um, no cold, no vomiting, no diarrhea, no cough, fever, no signs. It just you know, you just felt like you came to work. So, you know, you um, now we're on the other side looking. So I'm just telling everybody it was, you know, the it could have been any anybody. You know, the, the employee is being safe. And so we're sorry our landscape crews are down for a few days, but uh, uh, we'll be right back at it as soon as we get tested positive or negative or maybe I've even been told about false positives too. Mm-hmm. Um you know, some of that stuff too, Tim, a lot of people are getting ideas now so they can even get stuff booked for next spring, you know, and that way they have some time to ponder sure. their landscape jobs and go about it the right way, not jumping in um, willy-nilly. So, sounds like a busy season for everybody, working at their home or at the house, talking with Greg Crawford um, the other day and how busy he's been talking to um like Big C Lumber and Schoolcraft and how they have been just overwhelmed with projects. And it's kind of nice to see people, Tim, reverting back to some of their funds into their one of their biggest investments, sure. their home. Um, today we're going to go out into the landscape and actually visit some great garden design ideas with some tips and tricks on creating a great landscape. We're also going to talk about uh, our fresh shipment of 2020 fall bulbs. Then we're going to recap some of our harvest ideas from last week's show that people came uh, into Waddell's this week and had some other questions on. So, um, how has your week been? Gardeners don't have to look at the calendar to really feel 
that autumn is officially here. Shorter days, cold toes, cooler nights, crisp air, and clean blue, clear blue skies are welcomed by most gardeners for sure. Working in the garden and landscaping is far more enjoyable when the mercury doesn't hover into the 90s. With the change of the season, we green thumbers are really challenged with a flood of garden and landscape opportunities. Sometimes you get home, Tim, and you're like, uh, where do I start? You know, it's like, do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? Which room do I want to clean up? Or which room do I want to vacuum first? Well, outside the same thing. Which area do I want to, you know, which bed do I want to attack? Which plant do I want to prune? Um, I finally was able to uh, get with a little um, downtime, Tim. We definitely were on the phone and on the laptop most of the day with um, uh, employees and um, from social distance work is, I guess, what we're, we call it. And I um, feel for all the people that have been home doing this for many months. So, um, But I did have a chance to finally go out and do a little pruning, Jim. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Yeah. So I was able to clean away some uh, old sucker sprouts, saw some maples um, that were growing up against the barn, cleaning up an area that we're going to be painting and um, um, creating a little area under some dogwoods and hemlocks that have been overgrown for a number of years. And I kind of felt good to get some of that done. Um, love to hear what your projects have been, too, um, this week. So um, maybe I can comment or help you on those. So last, um, last week, Tim, we talked about what to do Everybody has done a very nice raised garden. They've, you know, they know how to harvest a tomato. But a lot of the other things, people are just questioning, what do I do? Sometimes those uh, root cellars that used to be back in the 20s and 30s and 40s or 50s, somebody's uh, uh, probably on the radio listening right now, Tim. I, I'm not saying that. But I remember definitely having a root cellar and being a spot where you could store a lot of your fruit. Well, a lot of times... And vegetables, a lot of times people don't have that. So just uh, some of the questions were some of the later items that are coming on right now. One of them was pumpkins that I didn't hit very hard last week. So really, um, kind of congratulations. You're the, you are the first grower in the neighborhood to have a large, ripe pumpkin. Nice and round and nice and yellow, Tim. You know, nice orange. Your only problem now, it's mid-September and Halloween's a month and a half away. Oops. Mm. If you leave it on the vine, you're fear that it will surely rot. Or if the bugs will get into it. Well, don't worry your fret. Properly stored pumpkins are long keepers. But here's a, just a few guidelines, and that's what somebody was asking about today, uh, this week, was tips for picking and storing pumpkins. So they'll last until Halloween or even till Thanksgiving. So number one on harvesting pumpkins, leave the fruit on the vine as long as you can. You actually can measure it every few days to see if it's still growing. Do not pick it until the skin has reached its full color or has hardened. Or remember, Tim, there's some varieties that are actually green. They mature green. So there's some varieties. Just just, uh, remember what you planted. When you're ready to harvest, use a sharp knife to cut off the stem at the vine. Be careful not to damage the vine where there maybe are still more pumpkins on it. A good pumpkin has got a good stem. And like I said last week, if you're out 
um, shopping for pumpkins, Tim, mm-hmm. what do you avoid? <laughs> the one that has no stem. Right. Uh, the, yeah, so the broken ones nobody wants. Do not carry the pumpkin by the stem. Carrying the pumpkin um, like in the palm of your hands. If you plan on using the pumpkin with a broken or a missing stem, it actually loses much of its want and desire. So try to wash the pumpkin completely off. Tips on uh, maybe if it is still ripening, putting a board under it or cedar mulch is a common practice to turn bugs, moles, and from rotting underneath. So a little bed of cedar mulch, Jim, you can lift that up and put a little mulch on it, and it'll keep it uh, off the ground. So storage, as a rule of thumb, pumpkins can normally be stored from 30 to 90 days. But for long-term storage, wash the pumpkins in a very mild chlorine solution. Use one cup, eight ounce of chlorine, to one gallon of water. This will destroy bacteria, which causes the fruit to rot. Allow the pumpkins to completely dry off. Store them in a cool, dry place, and possibly if it's dark. Avoid hot, humid places, and sometimes that's hard to do, Tim, if you're out putting it on the front porch. Um, sometimes people, you want to see it, and that's the hottest place. So right. even if, if storage is only for a couple weeks, maybe bring it out October 1st or the last week in September, or plan on two series of pumpkins. Put some up now and then put some up later as the other ones rot. Pumpkins are stored best on a, a board or a piece of cardboard, like I said, or cedar mulch um, that uh, you can stick underneath. So don't store the fruit on a cement floor as they tend to rot. And the last thing, I just don't store the fruit on a good rug in case it was to rot because it'll ruin the rug. <laughs> so that's just idea on pumpkins and you know sometimes uh uh you can get a great harvest and then it's really hard to know what to do you uh, ever grow pumpkins tim i haven't grown pumpkins in quite a long time i know i've tried it years and years ago yeah. and i wasn't all too successful you need you do need a big spot yeah you know and i think that was part a- of the problem yeah, and a raise, like a raised bed is definitely what we have at home is not the spot for planting pumpkins. You need some good good size space, good air circulation yep. and stuff. And so, um, yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you one other thing, and I don't you just chime in, Tim, if there's a caller. But Dev um, was just talking about pumpkins, and the other um, client asked a little more on winter squash okay. and what to do with that squash because squash is kind of a you know, a nice prize. It's nice to find out in the middle of the winter that there's a nice squash that you can uh, put in the oven and, and cook, and it's nice to be able to store it. So um, squash such as butternut, acorn, and hubbard, and other types are mature when the skin or the rind is hard and cannot be punctured by thumbnail. The mature fruit has a dull and kind of a dry skin, everybody, compared to a shiny, smooth skin of immature fruits. Remove the stem completely from Hubbard types. If it's only desired, leave one inch stem um, on the fruit. But stems longer than an inch tend to puncture adjacent fruits when in transit or storage. Butternut and other Hubbard and other squash types do not need to be cured as the benefits are less compared to pumpkins. While uh, curing is very detrimental to acorn as it is one of the first to decline in quality. 
So very similar to what we talked about, um, cleaning those um, acorn squash off just like a, um, like a pumpkin tends to have its uh, storage time go from five weeks to eight to 12 weeks. So a little bit of, um, a little bit of extra work will make that squash or pumpkin last. Gourds are a little different. Colors, sizes, and shapes, but they need to be harvested before the fruit is uh, frosted on it when the matured fruit is ready. As gourds mature, stems can turn brown and become dry. But on these, don't use the thumbnail method on gourds as it can cause a dent on the shell on the upright gourd and lower its quality. Harvest the fruit by using a sharp knife or shears to cut off the stem from the vine and leaving a few inches of the stem attached to the fruit. Again, do not handle the cord by the stem because the stem can easily detach from the uh, fruit and lower its value. Again, we talked about uh, uh, cleaning acorn squash and pumpkins. This says to also one part to ten parts chlorine and uh, uh, water. It'll kill what they want to kill out is the soil-borne pathogens, and that's what makes it rot. So there's, Tim, a few storage ideas for pumpkins and squash and gourds. Um, I think our next area we want to cover is um, it's kind of one of my near and dear to my heart, Tim, because uh, planting spring bulbs is really... Um, Almost one of our favorite. It kind of tells me that the next season's on, and I'm I'm very thankful that we have four seasons that are. Uh, I know the whole world does, but spring, summer, fall, and winter really has uh, a place in everybody's heart. Fall is one of our favorite here in Michigan. So planting spring Dutch flowering bulbs every autumn is actually high on the priority list for a lot of gardeners. This fall, let's take a challenge to plant a sequence of blooms for March through June, for a lot of enjoyment. Spring flowering gardens should satisfy all season long, from early crocus uh, of late winter to the glory of tulips to the abundance of summer to arrive to take their turn. Spring gardens should be a showplace, and it can be. All it takes is smart planning and a little bit of strategy this fall. And then we'll go to break in just a second, but I'll tell you, first, blooms of spring can actually be seen when there is snow in the garden. Yes, that cold. Mm -hmm. Species crocus, arianthus, snowdrops, and species iris are first to bloom. Um, it kind of gives you a little um, uh, breath that spring is around the corner. You know, when you see that little first chunk of lawn coming through the snow bank, <laughs> Tim, you're like, oh, there is green here in right. Michigan. So you're like, oh, yay, yay. So we can uh, take a break, but I think we won't, it'd be nice to go through some of the listings and how to actually plant a tulip, a daffodil, a crocus, and, and uh, how to get a good series, and um, you can have many months of enjoyment. All right, we'll get to that list. And, of course, your comments and questions, 382-4280-1877-382-4280, or you could text that comment or question to 80373. Over the Garden Fence with your host, Andy Waddell, on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. 
Spring flowering bulbs have just arrived from the Netherlands at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Bulbs are so easy to plant and give you so much enjoyment. It's just about the ideal time to plant bulbs for gorgeous spring color, and Waddell's bulbs are larger than you'll find elsewhere. And Waddell's bulbs are in bulk, so you can pick out exactly the amount you need for years of enjoyment. A beauty that's almost a must to welcome spring are bright yellow daffodils. Waddell's is famous for some of the biggest, most beautiful blooming tulips around. They're Waddell's Pride Tulips, and they come in four different colors that produce giant-sized tulip flowers. Looking for something fragrant? Hyacinth bulbs come in 16 different colored blooms. How about something that blooms before the snow melts off? Check out the 26 varieties of crocus bulbs in your choice of many colors. Want something unusual? Waddell's carries 22 varieties of allium bulbs in sizes up to 3 feet tall. Don't forget to pick up some food for your bulbs. All organic Espoma bulb tone will give them all the nutrients they need. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center on Texas Drive at the corner of Millman 12th Street. News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO, as we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence and host Andy Waddell. Comments and questions for Andy, 382-4280-1877, 382-4280, or you could text that comment or question to us, 80373. Once again, your host, Andy Waddell. Hey, thanks, everybody. And um, I, I, um, I know a lot of Michigan fans love to go to Holland every spring to look at the uh, at the tulips. I'll tell you, we try to do uh, a visit there every couple of years, and it's definitely very re- rewarding. There is a lot of hard work behind those tulips, but there is definitely a payoff with the planting. We talked about early spring bloom, and um, we at Waddell's last year, I think we put um, many, many thousands of bulbs in our front of our store. So maybe if you can't get to Holland, you might be able to get to the roundabout at Texas and 12. So um, things like the species crocus, arianthus, snowdrops, and species iris are actually the first to bloom along with pansies in the early, early spring. Like I said to Tim, when the snow is just breaking away, some of these start to pop up. Then early spring tulips, early daffodils, and scilla that bloom in April. Then large crocus fertilaria, trumpet daffodils, hyacinths, and Darwin hybrid tulips. In early May, followed by mid-May blooming parrot, double late, and lily flowering tulips. If planted in partial shade, these tulips will join the alliums to brighten up an early June garden. Wow, with a little planting, Ashley, spring bulb plantings give us more than three months of enjoyment. When visiting Waddell's, be sure to pick up a spring, lo- spring flowering bulb sequence of bloom listings. You know, the possibilities seem endless to liven up spring gardens with tulips, hyacinths, daffodils, allium, crocus, and a host of specialty bulbs. Don't miss one of the greatest shows on earth, a beautiful spring garden. Planted with Dutch spring flowering bulbs. Because uh, be sure to plant some bulbs this fall. Now, some people actually said, I'm not, I've never planted bulbs before. <laughs> so, um, and sometimes, Tim, um, it's not an instant enjoyment. The, in, the enjoyment is going out as a family and putting them in and seeing the reap and the rewards. But they do take some time. Right. Um, you know, when they're blooming in the spring, those have been planted in the fall. So sometimes uh, 
Uh, it's not like planting a shrub and seeing instant enjoyment, but remember, it'll come up. So how to uh, maybe plant and help select? So what we try to do is we try to buy good-sized plump bulbs, something that is uh, uh, ready for good flowering the next year. Why sell a tulip that's itty-bitty, something small, and have very little success for the customer the following year? So early bloom, choose crocus. Giant Dutch crocus mixed with um, purples, golds, and white are particular effective in message planting. For a little later message, all in blue, choose grape hyacinths. Buy bulbs in bulk um, from Waddell's and bring the, um, it kind of brings the price down per bulb. And so we have a single price, uh, a dozen price, and then um, even a crate price. Message planning can be done in a lawn or even in a landscaping, and you don't mind disturbing if you can skip one or two mowings in the first part of the April. And you know that um, there is a theme with bulbs, and it is called dig, drop, done. It can be that easy. Planting the bulbs five inches deep with a flat side position down. You can dig your individual holes for planting. Sometimes when message planting, you can spell out the person's name first and then set it down in the ground or in the lawn when it comes up or in the landscaping uh, for a spring surprise. Dig, dig your areas sometimes with an individual, but it's actually much nicer to lay out large blocks of flowers all at once. Um, sometimes... We put in, Tim, we lay out our bulbs and then dig all the soil out at Waddell's, put it on a uh, tarp, and set all the bulbs in place so we know the spacing of it, and then put all the soil back. It makes a layout a lot easier. We scatter bulb tone very heavy like a, oh, dump too much pepper on my eggs. We put quite a bit of bulb tone around that so there's some good oomph for the bulbs to come up. We position our bulbs one to two inches apart in a desired pattern to, to uh, uh, create a bed or a simple line um, in our designs out at the store. Some of our beds include three to five to 700 bulbs in each bed. And sometimes maybe not doing that for our, the client, but, you know, digging a hole, Tim, the size of a shrub, you can put a nice 15 or 20 daffodils or tulips in that and go three or four times around a nice little dogwood or a crab apple, you get more of an impact than, let's say, Tim, setting your bulbs in like a tin soldier, one, 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 all the way down a row. And then if one doesn't come up, then it looks, where'd the soldier go? The tin <laughs> soldier's missing. You know, so it's just nice to, um, if you have some ideas, maybe come into Waddell's again. You can always bring your phone in and take a couple shots of an area on where you want to plant. So we can help you with the bulb planting. And um, maybe uh, take a break, Tim, and then um, I've got some secrets to uh, some great garden designs that I, I uh, want to share with some of our friends on how to maybe set up your fall landscape. All right, sounds good. We'll get to that. And we'll get you up to date on uh, some quick headlines here locally from the WKZO newsroom. And we'll be right back with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. 
Weddell's, your all-season garden center, has fresh shipments of colorful plants waiting to brighten your outdoor living area. It's time to plant pansies for color that lasts from now through next June. Get a four-pack of pansy plants in your choice of many gorgeous colors for just $2.49. Check out the fresh shipment of chrysanthemums. Mums are extra hardy and produce a neat round dome of flowers in sunny yellow, eye-catching purple, rosy red, and fall bronze colors that look great in gardens and in patio containers. For a bright, fresh look of color, get extra-large calotia plants. They're just $7.99 while they last. A great choice for fall planting are sedum plants. Perennial sedums come in your choice of more than a dozen varieties that you can enjoy year after year in your landscape. Now is also the time to plant German bearded iris for beautiful orchid-like blooms next spring. Choose from 18 colors of iris now for just $6.99. Enjoy your gardens to the fullest with beautiful quality plants and helpful information from the experts at Waddell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO, as we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence with your host, Andy Waddell, 382-4280-1877-382-4280, or you could text that comment or question to 80373. Once again, your host, Andy Waddell. Hey, Tim. Thank you, and thank you, everybody, for listening in. And uh, didn't you care if I make a quick comment on the ad right there? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, those iris, um, you want some dramatic colors. They have got some stunning iris, and I didn't talk about those because we, we, we talked about iris a couple weeks ago, but there was some in a lady's hand that I was just looking at the other day, and I mean, just, just vivid um, oranges and purples and whites and lavenders and really nice nice selection that they got this year. So, And they're super easy, so sometimes if somebody says, I'm kind of a brown summer pick iris. It's pretty easy. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes, you know, people kind of give up and say, man, I've, I've tried this and that and uh, the wrong hydrangea and stuff. Pick iris. It's a pretty easy plant. So well, before we, uh, you get into the uh, list that you were talking about, yeah. I did have a text come in. Nice. Uh, first, wishing you, a, you know, a good morning, of course. But how late in the year can you safely prune trees and shrubs? Mm-hmm. It doesn't well, go specifically what kind, so I'm assuming there's got to be a little uh, give and take there somewhere along those lines. I love it. No problem, no problem. So think of this as um, dormant pruning you are actually going to come up to very soon. And so right now I might not encourage much pruning today. I did clean out some plants on some understory that really needed to be done, Tim. That's a little bit different. But mm-hmm. shaping a tree that has leaves or needles on it right now, I would pass on. What I'd do is I'd wait one more month. When those leaves start dropping, that is considered dormant pruning. And that can be done from uh, from now till till springtime very, very safely on most our deciduous trees and shrubs that are in Michigan. On evergreens, Tim, oh, think of you and me getting a haircut. There's not much hair I got anyways left, (laughs) but you cut more and you send me out for the wintertime without a hat. That's what happens with the evergreen. You cut hard. It doesn't regrow. It has a challenge to harden off. So I like pruning evergreens from June 15th to July 15th. The new growth has come on. You can see where the dead wood has been, and it's easier 
for that plant to get a trimming or a haircut with an evergreen or a needled uh, or a, or leafed like a boxwood. I would pass on boxwood. I would pass on rhododendron now uh, being uh, evergreen variety. Mm-hmm. So if you had to, let's say you have to do it. Um, you know, you're in a, a job or a situation or a landscaping that it's going to be pruned. Your regardless client wants you to do it. Well, maybe that's where you end up putting a little winter protectant called wilt stop. You apply, say that boxwood hedge is trimmed here now in the next two months. It'll probably relief out a little bit, Tim, and that's what burns in the winter. Mm-hmm. Wilt stop helps on that issue with um, uh, loss of foliage moisture, and you spray it on a day when it's 40 degrees or better, and wilt stop seals moisture into needle the evergreens, sensitive items, Japanese maples, and we'll talk about that when we close up our gardens in October, but it's it's a smart item to do. It's, it's, it, the name of the product should always be called plant insurance. <laughs> you know, I'm serious because it helps seal plants up for the wintertime, and a lot of times with hydrangeas and Japanese maples, needled evergreen boxwood, they go through a winter of um, a lot of drying out, and it's not the cold. It's the the lack of moisture or the heavy winds that we get. So oh, yeah. winter winter sun combination. So actually, that's a good question because I'll tell you, trees and shrubs. Um, a lot of people still want to do some pruning on it, and it'll force new growth. And the new growth will want to not have a chance to harden off before it gets really cold in November. So I'd probably pass for a little while. All righty. No. Um, I wanted to talk about maybe. Uh, just some ideas with with designs or some couple secrets to a great design. I know that uh, we have uh, two designers at Waddell's that are just fantastic as far as if you guys need help, even in uh, the time of uh, Corona, we can um, set up appointments and walk and talk with you um, either on email or with um, visual um at, at the store or set up a nursery appointment, sometimes it's getting those couple of things kicked off. Coloring outside lines really takes creativity and actually a bit of courage. There's really no formulas to gardens that you create yourself. You don't have to have symmetrical lines, tidy rows, or manicured shrubs. A garden can be fluid, a nice natural look, yet it's layers, ornaments, plant material that really doesn't have to be a messy look. Like any well-designed and formal garden, it maintains a sense of order without looking rigid. How is that accomplished? How do you pick random plants to create something so beautiful? Rather, coloring outside the lines. Sometimes the simple approach is better. So number one, Tim, pay attention to every layer of your garden. Do you want your garden exceptional for many reasons? Dramatic year-round color, meandering gravel paths, contrasting textures, just for examples. So look at different layers in your landscape. Start with the upper story. The upper story is the link. It links the sky to the landscaping. It ought to be given uh, that every yard should come with a couple 80-foot-tall trees, but that's not often the case in newly constructed neighborhoods. So if your landscaping lacks shade trees, um, don't waste time before planting a few new cedars, oaks, or maples. Your secondary area, Tim, is the secondary upper story, or the landscaping 
to the house, tie the landscaping together. The taller the house, the taller the tier needs to be. The general rule is to select trees that will mature 8 to 15 feet for a single story, 25 to 30 feet for a two-story home. You know, just kind of it, it goes in ratio. If you're starting a new garden, I'd recommend buying the trees and shrubs first. Maybe create a frame around your yard and then be able to uh, plant some things along property lines or privacy and in the corner lots to soften some angles. Then you've got your basis that you can go and pick your extra items that fit right in. Third area in this area of step one is the mid-story. Marry the house to the garden. The tier consisting of eye-level perennials and shrubs, which describes the majority of the plants in the garden. The mid-story is also a place where you want to include several signature plants. You might only need to add a wow factor every now and again, but keeping your eye for one that doesn't require much room around the base so that you can plant shorter perennials underneath. The last one, this step one, is the ground story, adding low-growing plants to your bed. Measuring one foot tall or less are best admired up close. Think of them as jewelry or the delicate texture and vibrant colors. They are perfect for accessorizing borders, paths. Number two, Tim, or step two, now let's fuse the layers together. So that all you're trying to do is develop each story of the garden so it creates a, a rich layered bed that... Um, your landscaping can be inviting to the eye again. You're looking out at your landscaping. There's a strategy, of course, with filling up each tiers of the plants, selecting colors, shapes, and textures that complement each other. So, number one, yeah, one more minute here, Tim. Plant selection. So, pick colors and texture. Pick three colors that might you might like: burgundy, blues, and chartreuse. And then you can actually walk through and you can add some of the extra stuff that kind of fits right in with those theme colors. Think of it as some of those selections can be repetition to them so you can see a theme in your garden. And lastly, maybe plant placement. Think triangles, staggering plants as, as opposed to planting plants in rows. Further interlocks the garden's many elements. Practice what you call triangulation in short thinking in threes from zigzagging iris across pathways to positioning burgundy leaf shrubs at the foot of a, a red leaf maple, then another um, area, and then jumping across the pathway for a huge area. It brings your eye down the pathway. So those are just maybe a couple areas with, with uh, step two with plant selection and plant placement. So those are just, uh, I like to fill everybody's day with uh, a little gardening tips and advice. And I thank you for having me, Tim, and for the texture that called in about the pruning today. All righty. Thank you very much, Andy. And we'll catch up with you again next Saturday morning. We'll do this Will all do. again. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. All right. Thank you, Andy. And uh, thank you for tuning in to this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence. Each and every Saturday morning in the 9 o'clock hour during the growing season, Over the Garden Fence brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral and Garden Center right there at the corner of Millam and 12th.